On today's Locked On Texan podcast, the opticals of the optics. Sometimes divorce is a good thing, quoting Lovey Smith. So why Cal McNair should consider cleaning house? Also, the trade deadline is here. Talk about all that on today's episode. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Some of y'all team every day. <laughs> I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive. A 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. What's going on, Cody? Welcome in, everybody, to this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. I got a question. Yes, sir. Where the hell is Justin Britt? <laughs> oh, he's at home collecting the check, as far as I know. It's been it's been what over two, two months. months now since two we last now. had the 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 weird departure of Justin Britt. I guess this was part of the agreement culture. that was had. I wouldn't necessarily it's call it the culture, culture but <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you why it's a part of that culture. But I do want to give you guys a cool number. It's not like Houston didn't try to stop Derrick Henry on Sunday. Houston. <laughs> Listen, man, they had eight or more defenders loaded the box 18 times against Derrick Henry, and he ran for 118 yards. <sighs> that is the most by any player in the NFL since week nine, 2020. <laughs> it was also Derrick Henry, and the opponent was also <laughs> the Houston Texans. They mm. tried, man. It's just... Mm. Like mm-hmm. I said on, on Monday's show, Derrick Henry, T.Y. Hilton, uh, whenever they come to town, they just go to work, man. They feast and they eat on whoever is in front of them. Talking about Justin Britt, joked about how it, you know, Justin Britt not being on the field, not really even being on his roster or the depth chart right now. It has been a part of the culture. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, I opened up the show by saying that divorce sometimes is good. Where have we heard that, Cody? Quoting it from Lovey Smith. As a matter of fact, I heard that same exact statement last Wednesday when I asked him about the departure of Tyler Johnson. Yes, I'm still a little bit upset about that because the one thing that I did not like was the fact that, remember, John, listeners and viewers, when Tyler Johnson came to the Houston Texans, Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, everybody had a lot of great things to say about this young man. And then... He only gets an opportunity to play two games and he gone. I asked why didn't it work out? And he said, what are we talking about? You know, divorce is a good thing. And I was like, okay, that there you go. Yeah, by the way, Todd Johnson did sign to the practice squad for Tampa Bay. So I'm pretty sure they'll use him in some form fashion. Uh, but divorce is a good thing. We're looking at this season to this point. Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, and the man who brought him in, they have not 
looked good as coaches and coordinators. And, you know, I mentioned that the optics of opticals are difficult. It is difficult whenever you remember the the quotes, the big Sandy, happy to be here, the pictures, the, the, the everything that went on at the moment of hiring Lovey Smith, the moment that they promoted Pep Hamilton to offensive coordinator to now, it's going to be difficult because people can point back to that moment and say, well, what changed in, in, in 10 months, less than 10 months, to now that you feel differently? Look at look how great you guys look. Look at the quotes and how enthused we were. You and I, along with the rest of the city of Houston, is covering this team. But the reality of the situation is, if we go back to last season, Lovey Smith, as the, as the defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, 31st in total yards allowed, 24th against the pass, 31st against the run, that team missed 124 tackles last year, top five in, in the NFL. They were sixth in the league in percentages of drives that ended in an offensive score, 30th in the league in blitz percentages. This year, top 10 in missed tackles already so far with the numbers from Sunday not being recorded just yet. And again, one of the least, least likely teams to send a blitz after the quarterback, top 10 in that category as well. That's on the defensive side of the ball. The side of the ball, Nick Serio and this franchise thought it was a great idea to promote their defensive coordinator to head coach and then not make him bring in a defensive coordinator. Okay, offensively, this team has regressed as well. Though they are averaging 10 more yards than they did last season, the offense has more moments like Sunday where you may be asking yourself and wondering, is Tim Kelly holding the clipboard? We've had situations so far this year, like Rex Burkhead getting more carries and touches than Damian Pierce early in the season. And as of late, over the younger, more explosive player like Dare, who can thrive in that same role. I think that's been laughable. The red zone, passing offensive, uh, passing offense, play calling, and execution – has been laughable. Same issues from last year as well. And they're even worse on third downs this year than what they were last year. The optical of optics is when you put all of that on the table, man, you guys really look good at the start of this season in terms of you're saying the right things, uh, you look the par, uh, the chemistry is there in terms of speaking with the media, and to make it even in the favor of Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton, especially Lovey Smith, he's much more of a easy talking to uh, than David Cully was last year. But if we are being honest with ourselves, and I do want to point out that I do believe that Pep Hamilton is limited by his quarterback. I'm going to be fair. Uh, and I've seen him as a play caller, try to make it easy for Davis Mills this season. Mills just doesn't deliver. My issue with Pep Hamilton has been, for the most part, uh, situational play calling. Maybe one of the worst of the season being the third and short sack by Khalil Mack against the Chargers. In situations where you expect your play caller to get a little creative or make it easy, that is where I've been critical of Pep, uh, Pep Hamilton so far. But hiring Pep and hiring Lovey looked good. It was never right. The, it was never the right decision. And now 
this team doesn't even look engaged. This team doesn't look enthused to play football. The regression by your defensive coach on the defensive side of the ball needs to be pointed out and discussed. But overall, for Cal McNair, the optics of having to move on from Nick Casario after the Jack East to be Bill O'Brien, Brian Gain, in the span of four years, might not look pretty, but these hard decisions got to be made. And from Cal McNair, who's been making a lot of tough decisions, doing a very great job of winning back the franchise, the fan base, he has to sit with this one. I don't think the Houston Texans can afford another season of Lovey Smith as their defensive uh, head coach. I don't think the Houston Texans can afford another season of not getting playmakers on this offense. And so I don't think this team can afford another season of Nick Casario as their general manager. He has failed to make critical roster decisions. He has wasted the time of players and this franchise. And yes, has he done good on, in the draft? Well, we can say in his first full year as a general manager with the first-round picks, yeah, you did good. However, who's passing up on Derek Stingley? You did good by drafting Jalen Petrie. You did good by trading back and getting Kenyon Green, even though there was another position that could have been addressed. And maybe you could have gotten a guard later in the draft. You're not really going to complain about Kenyon Green because for the most part, he's played some damn good football. But in terms of free agents – and in terms of really trying to maximize what you don't have on this roster to make the what you do have on this roster better, Nick Casario has failed. And so, again, there's an obstacle of getting over everything that looked great and sounded amazing. But hard decisions have to be made. I don't see this team next season being led by Lovey Smith, I don't think it'll be the right decision. I think if you want to do right by Lovey Smith, which they should because he was in this position because of them in the first place. Remember, it was Jonathan Gannon. It was it was McCown. It was so many other names out of the blue we hear Lovey Smith. Then If you want to do right by him, move him into a, a, a role like you did with Romeo Cornell as an advisor or something along those lines. But they cannot afford another season with him. And if they can't afford another season with him, I don't believe they can afford another season with Nick Casario as general manager. I get all of your points, John, but it's hard for me to call on the jobs of Lovey Smith, especially it's hard for me to call on the job of Pep Hamilton because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who the play caller is on the sideline. It doesn't matter who the head coach is on the sideline or whatever the case might be. This team, the talent in the production that they were putting out there on the field it sucks, plain and simple. And, John, you even talked about it on yesterday. You said that the Houston Texans are going out there on both sides of the ball with second-string and third-string players basically being utilized as first-string players, as starting players, due to the lack of talent on this team. Now, I get it. I understand it. It is up to the coaching staff to put their players in the best position to utilize their <clears throat> best attributes. But, this argument is more so of Pep Hamilton. We saw what he was able to do as an offensive coordinator with the Indianapolis Colts. He was there for four years. Three out of the four years, it was like top 10 on the offensive side of the ball. 
And the only time that they failed to reach top 10, which of course resulted in him getting fired, was due to the fact that Andrew Luck was starting to get hurt. I think he only played like six to seven games um, that season, which was in 2015 or 2016. But we look at the job that he was able to do with Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. Like, I say all that just, just to say it is hard to evaluate Pep Hamilton as an, as an offensive coordinator when he doesn't have the right talent around him. This is different from when we had Tim Kelly and we was looking at this vanilla style offense. He had arguably, if not the best collection of talent in franchise history. You had at the time a top five, top three, in my opinion, quarterback in Deshaun Watson. You had a top three wide receiver. You had a stable offensive line. You had a decent run game. And... We did not see that type of production. I'm looking at this from a standpoint, it is hard for me at least to evaluate Pip Hamilton and say he should be one and done when you look at the lack of weapons that he have on the offensive side of the ball. The same thing goes for Lovey Smith, but what I would say is he would have had a better argument of keeping his job had he been more willing to change out of that Tampa 2 defense that's outdated. Yes, it worked 20 years ago, but in 2022, it's not working. So, but at the same time, even when you take a look at all that, the talent on the on the defensive side of the ball isn't good outside of Derek Stanley, Jalen Peacher, and Steven Nelson. Yeah, but this is why the optics is an obstacle because we're looking at those two men – and not really discussing which one day we're going to have to have a real discussion about the decision to make Lovey Smith the head coach in the first place when your defense wasn't good in the previous year. Without Lovey Smith becoming head coach, I don't think Pep Hamilton is getting promoted because of whoever is the new head coach is going to go is going to want to get his own offensive coordinator and his own defensive coordinator. These have been the critical mistakes by Nick Casario. You can't skip over hiring David Cully year one. You can't skip over botching in your second year the head coaching searches. All of that, I think, has hurt the franchise. And we look at his draft record in a year and a half, two years. I mean, well, two, two drafts that he's went through. Uh, right now, we like Nico coming out of the second year. Uh, right now, you know, I think the rest of that draft really is full of second and third string players this year again he's hit on some players but what i am getting at is there is no way we can blame these two guys for the inefficiencies when they were set up to fail in the first place by being hired in that position really quick my boy chat told me that how often do we see black head coaches go to a situation where that situation is going to be promising it's rarely that it's always we're going to hire a black coach so he can be a bridge coach for whoever we're going to bring in next. That is an that's also something we should look at as well. Guys, I got to tell you how easy it is to score some money with prizepicks.com. When I say easy, I mean as simple as picking two to five players. Pick whatever two to five players you want to pick. If they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry you're not competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch nfl nba mlb nhl i think you get my drift whatever you watch you can bet on it at prize picks the app or dot com entries can be made in 60 seconds or less 
It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So go ahead, download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports for free. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, you'll get back. Price Picks will give you $100. Simple as that. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and beyond behind the scenes with the local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, uh, the Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And at the time of this recording, it's Halloween night at 6.22 p.m. And the only reason why we are giving the timestamp is because Today is the NFL trade deadline, which means by 3 o'clock today, 4 o'clock Eastern time, um, all trades must be finalized. And look, it's a hell of a lot different than the trade deadline from last year. And we thought for sure that Deshaun Watson was on his way out of Houston going to Miami. But at the same time, as expected, the Houston Texans do have a couple players who could be on the move. And the biggest one of all, is Brandon Cooks. Following the game on Sunday, Brandon Cooks was asked about a potential trade request that he did or did not make, and he said that he was keeping everything internal. Um, I spoke to a source um, prior to Sunday's game. They said the Houston Texans have shot Brandon Cooks around, and it was also reported um, early on in the day that um, the Texans have placed that they want no lower than a second-round pick back in return from Brandon Cooks. And as of right now, once again, at the time of this recording, um, the New York Giants, hmm, the New York Giants, the Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys, and surprisingly, the Los Angeles Rams have all reached out to the Houston Texans in hopes of getting their hands on Brandon Cooks. So, John, I mean, at this point, at once again, at the time of this recording, I do not see Brandon Cooks getting moved, which brings me to my next point. If Brandon Cooks doesn't get moved, Will he hinder the rest of the Houston Texans season? <laughs> <laughs> What's there to hinder? By the way, listen, Roquan Smith, who has been highly touted as one of the, you know, better linebackers in the league, was traded for a second and fifth round pick from Chicago <clears throat> to Baltimore. He's young. He is one of the best at his position. He got a second-round pick. Mm -hmm. Houston asking for a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks is either they know a couple of these teams who have real aspirations to make a run at the Super Bowl are desperate and, the, the you know, the picks really don't hold that much weight considering what you're going to get back to possibly when you're at Super Bowl. Or, as the young folks say, it's all cap. Um, and I would like to say that of those teams that <clears throat> may be in play for Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup went down on Sunday for the Rams. 
And for LA, they are really wide receiver needy. They was wide receiver mm. needy before Cup went down. So that may be something for us to look out for. But then I will look at Dallas. Listen, Dak looked phenomenal on Sunday. Tony Pollard looked phenomenal on Sunday. CD made some plays. But this is a team that just traded for Jonathan Haskins, Hankins on the uh, defensive side of the ball. They mm-hmm. are really going to get ready to make a real run at this thing for the Super Bowl. And if I'm Jerry Jones, who may not give a damn about no second-round pick, I can see Houston and Dallas coming to terms, sending Brandon Cooks right up the road. He ain't got to pack a lot of stuff. He can even still live in Houston and then just stay in Dallas for the weekend, for throughout the week, come back in the offseason. But I can see the Dallas Cowboys and I can see the Rams – uh, making a move for Houston. But if he's on his roster after the trade deadline, it doesn't hinder anything. It would be a hindrance if he was a cancer to the team or he was a player that guys just genuinely don't want to be around like Russell Wilson, who, by the way, that's one of the craziest stories in the league right now. <laughs> players genuinely by the way, hate Russell Wilson. And by the I way, think it's hilarious. By the way, they won on yesterday, so he didn't have no, ah, my shoulder hurt, ah, my hamstring hurts. Broncos country. That's right. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, it's not going to hinder nothing, man. This team, this season is already over. Um, this this team so far to this point, Cody, has committed to a couple of things. Levy Smith has committed to not pulling Davis Mills, which – Outside of the game against the Raiders, not the Raiders, uh, on, on Sunday against the Titans, I'm fine with that. Get what you can out of him. He may be your future backup quarterback and the guy that you need to trust moving forward, depending on whether or not the current regime is going to be here in the future. Um, but they've already committed to not playing some of their younger guys, right? They've already committed to not playing guys like a T. Johnson when he was in town. They've already committed to leaving Jalen Camp and Johnny Johnson the third on the practice squad when this wide receiving group was very thin during the early half of the season, really to this point so far. They've already committed to not really committing to the pass anyways. And so most teams in the NFL right now, they have a lot of three wide receiver sets that you really can trust. Well, for Houston, they have three tight end sets. They've already committed to not putting a lot of faith and trust and the playmaking ability from the wide receiver group. So he wouldn't be hindering anything. He would just be prolonging it. That's all. That's 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 my take from it. Uh, this season is what it is. And I could honestly see the Texans not winning another game. So for me, in my opinion, there wouldn't be anything hindered unless he goes off for a game and, and gets 120-plus receiving yards and Houston wins. Yeah, you're hindering the fact that you may mess up your first overall pick. You'll slide down a two or three. That's about it. Well, let me clarify my statement when I when when I say hindering the rest of the season. Um, you saw Brandon Cook's body language out there on Sunday. I mean, he was whining, he no, was complaining. Man. Never seen it. It, it, like it was that. it was bad. And not only that, like I say, we had an opportunity to talk to him doing his post game media availability in the locker room. And this is somebody who is always at the podium. What I mean by hindery is the fact that if he remains on this team beyond a trade deadline. Um, one, would he would his body language continue to be a distraction 
on the field when you were looking at somebody who does not want to be a part of this organization and not only that you're looking at somebody who is going to constantly put out cryptic tweets somebody who is going to constantly make excuses not to speak to the media not to be at the practice and basically create another circus around this organization and then when he's out there the fact that you have an extra body that you have to put out there on the field that is basically hindering your your uh, hindering opportunity for you to put young guys like a Jalen Camp or a Johnny Johnson III an opportunity to put them out the out there on the field to showcase what they can do I'm not saying a hindrance as far as wins and losses and whether or not it's going to hurt I'm just looking at it from the whole atmosphere aspect of the Houston Texans moving forward. I played my part and never took it to heart. Another cryptic tweet. Another tweet. <laughs> and to be fair to Brandon Cooks, man, I, I think he's done he's went above and beyond Most as definitely. a leader for this team. Man, I think Houston really rewarded him. I mean, getting 18-5 this offseason was very generous. I don't think another team would have committed that much to him. But in his first two years in Houston, thousand yards, a thousand yards, having to go through the whole Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien, and and that chaos, and then having to go through the chaos with David Cully, and now the chaos, which what is going on, not firing Jack Easterby, and and all of the overhaul, and, and get, on top of that, you're losing, you're not a good team. <sighs> Will he be a hindrance to the atmosphere? Cody, you could probably speak more. I know you can speak more to, to this than I can. What's the atmosphere in Houston right now in that locker room? No, that is a good question. One so, time it was promising. Now, not so much. I think one time it was delusional. I don't think it was promising. Promising is when you when you think this team can fight for. No, it, seven... it was it, it was promising. And like I like I mentioned, that tie in week one, the way they collapsed in the fourth quarter hurt the atmosphere of that franchise. I'm glad you look at it like that. Uh, again, I'm going to say it was delusional. But, um, <laughs> again, I'm glad you pointed that out because it was the same thing you talked about from last year. The, the atmosphere the in Houston, I, I don't think he's going to hurt it. I, I think maybe the atmosphere in Houston is what's hurting him. Like, I've never seen Brandon Cooks this disengaged. And, of course, over time – you know, your speedier receivers, they may lose a step here and there. We've never seen Brandon Cooks just drop passes like this too much. You know what I mean? We've never seen him look this unengaged, not focused. Right? And so <clears throat> this could be affecting him. This is a, a receiver that's caught a thousand yards in what, six or seven out of his seasons in his career? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Maybe I'm distracted because we're not good. Plain and simple. And Brandon Cooks was a player that I would have loved to have around if this team was more competitive, right? But it's not. And I think, to be fair, Houston should get back. They should invest in themselves for the future. Putting a cap on it for a second-round pick, I think it's foolish. And I think it's just make-believe to make it seem like it. However, trade deadline, the time of this recording is for tomorrow. We'll see how that turns out. But it's best for both parties to just go ahead and, and divorce, right? The Texans and Brandon Cooks, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, just go ahead and divorce from one another and find happiness outside of one, each other. BetOnline is still your number one source for your betting, 
football needs this season. And you got the basketball season starting off as well. BetOnline got everything you need to bet and make some extra cash. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on each and every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for each and every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Today, we just had a day to just kind of vent a little bit, right? We'll get back on track later in the week, talking about the Eagles, of course. Going to have that uh, crossover with Locked On Eagles. Brandon Mm -hmm. K. Scott, we want to get him on for later in the week as well. Speaking of Philly, you know, the Astros are in the World Series. And one thing we do around here, we rep our hometown. I know you see the Rockets. We rep them Astros. Because of the weather in Philly, you know, that franchise doesn't have a roof whenever it rains. Kind of like poverty type of deal. You know what I mean? (laughs) Not like the Astros. But because of the weather, the games have been postponed. So that game will be pushed back to Tuesday. And then there is another game on Wednesday. And then there is a game on Thursday. So everything has been pushed back. The travel day, if necessary, We'll be on Friday. We get game six and seven Saturday, Sunday here in H-Time, baby. You know how we do it. Um, but not only will the Astros take on Philly mm-hmm. on Thursday, the Rockets <laughs> – I mean, not the Rockets. The uh, Texans will be taking on the Eagles, <laughs> the undefeated Eagles, on Thursday night football as well. Guys, let me just say this. Be prepared for a slaughter. Thursday night games are never good outside of the opening game of the year. Thursday night games are traditionally terrible to watch. And I think it's going to be a trend that continues on this Thursday. However, it's going to be because Philly is just so damn dominant versus a team Mm. in the Houston Texans that you guys are going to turn that game off in the first half after just getting blown out. And those pretty red helmets ain't going to matter, Cody. Well, the best part about it, what is that? Game five is going to be held on a Thursday. So that could be a potential world series clincher which means i'm pretty sure and i hate to say this but including me in the press box on my phone we're going to be watching the world series other than the slaughterhouse that's going to be going on inside nrg stadium and i hate to say it because you know i was looking forward to this game the beautiful red helmets was going to make his debut i can't wait to see what jersey i think they're going to wear their battle red um jerseys correct not the all white like we was whole like we was all hoping but um you know, you it's just going to be it's just going to be so sad to see those beautiful red helmets go to waste. But what I would say is, you know, Thursday is going to be a big day between the city of Houston and the city of Philadelphia. And look, at this point, John, does it really matter what goes on inside NRG Stadium? Because the Houston Astros can be bringing another championship to the city 
of Houston. And by the way, please go check out our brothers over at Locked On Astros. They've been doing an awesome job throughout this whole entire season, oh, um, man, keeping phenomenal. everybody up, you know. So please be sure to check them out right after this, which you probably already did, then switched over to the Texans, you know, to kind of bring down your move. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, Thursday is just going to be really, really fun. A lot of trash talkings be- between two um, franchises. And um, it- it's just going to be fun. Just one game more fun, a hell of a lot more fun than the other. <laughs> Listen, I just, and to, to your question, it does matter what happens in NRG. You know, we really do love what we do here. We're just joking today. Um, I just no, want the fine. Astros to win it, man, for, yeah, for, for Dusty. Um, he's in his 70s. He's a young man. But uh, we just want to see him win it. We just want to see the city of Houston win it, put to rest all of those. Hey, you cheaters. Uh, overall, I'm just happy the Yankees ain't do nothing. So <sighs> there it is. Thank you guys for checking us out today. Make sure you come back tomorrow for more fun on the Locked On Texan podcast. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. But follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. And always, as always, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.